Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. Uh, and today uh, I am joined by Kurt. Um, hello, Kurt. Hi. Hello. And we have special guest, Nebula nominated author Bonnie Jo Stuffelbeam with us today. Hello. And how are you doing, Bonnie? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing fantastic. So uh, and and so we're going to be talking a little bit because you had you had uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the Jim Jarmusch 2013 movie um, Only Lovers Left Alive, which uh, in our initial com- communications, I kept on fucking it up and uh, saying <laughs> uh, last lovers left or something like that. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> gonna yeah. think i'm like totally like either like i've i'm completely forgetful or i'm not being respectful or something oh god i hope she comes back well i i think i've i've only ever seen uh he was he also directed ghost dog right he did uh ghost dog uh he did broken flowers if you saw that that was pretty popular when he came out with uh bill murray and then uh, Dead Man with uh, the the net now controversial Johnny Depp, although at the time spit, he was pe- a critical pe- darling. Pe- I, I spit on I spit on the ground. <laughs> yeah, good director. Um, good director. This yeah, Jim Jarmusch yeah, movie is actually stuff. like the only one that I really love. I th- I think I've seen Dead Man, but it didn't really mm-hmm. it didn't super impress me. Probably because when I watched it, Johnny Depp was already a little bit of a problem. <laughs> I focused on uh, his his companion, uh, Nobody, whose name I forget, but he was also in Ghost Dog. Uh, he also plays uh, Ghost Dog's uh, friend on the next roof over who who calls people stupid fucking white men for uh, walking in and shooting his birds. Um, and he also calls someone a stupid fucking white man in Dead Man, too. So uh, Excellent. big, big fan of the actor. <laughs> He he does one thing and he does it very well. <laughs> He's movies. great. No, he he actually delivers uh, a lot of dialogue in uh, Dead Man. That's his in only Dead line okay. in a uh, in a uh, Ghost Dog, though. So so uh, also I uh, maybe this is a trend, but I get the feeling. I mean, this may simply be that uh, uh, Jim's budgets are not very large, so he can't really have a lot of like a lot of extras and cast members and whatnot. Uh, or, or he needs to save them. So there's very uh, long stretches in all of these movies, or at least the two movies I've seen. Uh, this may be a boss baby problem. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that, that seem that, that there's like long stretches where they're alone. And it's just very um, sort of very melancholy. Uh, sort of like it sets like a very melancholy tone to everything, I feel. Yeah, I liked that in Only Lovers Left Alive. I felt like it gave me 
the vibes of being a vampire who was alive for so long that just like everything was so slow. Like they're in no hurry to get anywhere. <laughs> I definitely liked it in this movie. Um, and, and to your point, Carlo, I suspect that he probably maybe not so much now when like nobody gets big budgets unless it's like, you know, one of three production companies and there's somebody wearing a cape in it. But um, it, 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 it I think that's also just kind of uh, Jarmusch's like preferred operating style because I mean he's been mm-hmm. he's he's had a fairly successful career as an independent director going back to like the mid eighties, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know that he's ever really done something that had much of a. I'm guessing that Broken Flowers probably had the biggest budget because it looks like it and it actually has a lot of like location shots and it feels it feels more like a. Gosh, what was that? Um, what was that one movie that came out in like 2004? Little Miss Sunshine. Broken Flowers mm-hmm. feels very much like a Little Miss Sunshine type <laughs> film where, where where they were like, we need to give a bunch of money to these these kind of cute indie films. Um, but in general, I think you're right. He's he's more of a low budget guy. But I think that's probably well, by by choice. He did that zombie movie, The Dead Don't Die. Did y'all see that? Yeah. No, I, I didn't. Have not, no. I have not. It With, seems like uh, he probably I mean, had a bit more of a budget there because there's a hundred people in it. Yeah, he had uh, more than double the budget of this one. Uh, this one apparently was what he got like a film grant from. Uh, oh, what's the name of the German uh, film, film uh, institute or whatever? Um, it's not like he, the German he, Film Institute, the the Deutsche yeah. Film Institute, or something. <laughs> well, it is. Uh, what is it? Wait, let me see. Uh, German NRW Filmstitutung. So something. I was mostly correct. It's pretty much, yeah. It's the, the film institute just jammed together. I'm I guessing. took German in college because what I discovered is that if you were doing like an oral exam and you, and you forgot a word, you could just say the English <laughs> word in a funny German accent. And like you had like a 70% chance of being correct. <laughs> was part oh, of this movie filmed in Germany? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, or, or no, I'm sorry. Um, let me see here because I, I'm trying to remember now. Uh, it looks like Detroit. Yes. Hamburg and Cologne and, uh, Tangier. So, huh. Interesting. I wonder what they filmed at Hamburg. I'm going to, I'm going to wonder if it wasn't some, uh, some of the, the, the more, um, the, the less, uh, rust belt looking areas of Detroit. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. So, um, I know that that's a cruel, that's sort of like a cruel joke I'm making, but, but it, it's, it's probably true. I don't know, man. There's a lot of like warehouses and abandoned areas, which I would think you could find easily in Detroit at this time. There yeah, are a couple um, nice location shots. Um, like I, I believe that, uh, I forget what it is. The, the, the big, like concert hall or opera hall that was turned into a parking garage i'm pretty sure it's like a real place i'm pretty sure i've seen that on on twitter and stuff and they definitely sl- if it if it wasn't the actual location it, it looked like it i didn't think that the packard plant was actually where they were um when he mentions the packard plant but it i mean it might well have been i'm not sure maybe that's germany that that mm. might be German. It's interesting. <laughs> um, I was just on a film podcast called Sleezloids, which is a great podcast. Uh, and we did uh, a film that was filmed in Hamburg from 82 <laughs> called Decoder. Uh, and it had a lot of like blown up, burned out stuff. So perhaps they just never built it back. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I anyway, see, I only, only lovers you, left alive. No vampires in that film, though. No, none at all. Um, 
Oh, Kurt, I see that you're trying to to pull your 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 German speaking card on me, huh? Hamburg. Not well, Hamburg. It, it is. It is Hamburg. No, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, it is I'm, Hamburg. I'm, mess- <laughs> I'm messing with you, man. I'm messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, man. I'm German and I don't speak a, a word of German. <laughs> Yeah, I took three years uh, of German, yeah, my, and I speak my, about twelve words of German. Hamburg just happens yeah. to be one of them. <laughs> Are we going to go to McDonald's and get a hamburger? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. So, only lovers left alive. Uh, we, we barely know that there are vampires in this one until the very, very like almost. Well, not. I, I would say that at the very end is very blatantly so. But uh, yeah, I mean, they drink I, you blood. Know, it they would have been interesting. From little dainty glasses. <laughs> I loved that. Um, it would have been interesting going into it not knowing that it's about vampires because they really, yeah, to your point, they. It's not until around I don't know eighteen or nineteen minutes in when he's like you know stealing, not stealing, hustling blood from a hospital uh, that it's like oh, okay, you know they're doing vampire stuff. Up until that point, they could just be like you know cool heroin chic people. <laughs> Um, Weirdos and, who wear like pointed teeth yeah. when they drink their fruit punch. I mean, yeah. it, it could have been it could have been the Peter Thiel story. So yeah. who knows? <laughs> um, well, I think the bullet kind of gives it away. Yeah, yeah, I, that's true. That's true. That that is absolutely correct. Uh, although you know, it's funny because I, I'm I am thinking about that. If I had not been really alert to it, because I knew would like at my most. Uh, you know, blockheaded, you know, hard-headed moment. Would I have made that connection? It's like, why is he making a wood bullet? Uh, I think that that's um, what is. There's a movie with Keith Carradine. Uh, it's it's really bad. Um, <laughs> that has uh, that's like a west, like a vampire western. That sounds uh, really good. I know you just <laughs> said it was really bad. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's 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 cheesy, campy. It's it's got you know. It's got carotene in it. Come on. <laughs> so, Carlo, if I can grab uh, grab the till tiller for Before. a second, um, Bonnie, why did you want to watch this film? Oh, <laughs> since you suggested it, I've just been in, in you know a vampire mood because uh, I've been writing a Hammer inspired vampire novella. Nice. That's the thing that just came out uh, yesterday. And it's about a, a vampire and her adventures trying to save her best friends. And so I've been watching vampire movies <laughs> like mm. pretty much for the last two years. Nice. And this is this one's one of my favorites. Um, nice. Yeah, this and uh, I would say what we do in the shadows are my two faves right now for, for I vampires. Am, I, I enjoyed that a lot. I I did enjoy this movie. It reminded me. In some ways of a couple movies that I have to say I enjoy even more. In particular, um, it reminded me a lot of uh, maybe a less dour Byzantium, if you've seen that. I loved that. I thought that was terrific. Um, I don't think we ever did that on on this show. We, no, we, we haven't, should, we haven't really done it. I mean, um, I've been trying to figure out when we could do like a vampire month. So. I have. I, we should. I, I mean, there's always October. <laughs> there is although um, well you know we could always do that f- oh, go ahead oh, i was just saying the the other film that it reminded me of was uh the hunger Ooh. um mm. the uh uh ridley scott uh, no sorry not ridley scott the other scott um i'm totally blanking on his name the other scott brother uh 
Tony Scott, thank you. Yes, uh, film from the, the early 80s with uh, David Bowie and um, I'm totally Susan blanking. Susan Sarandon. Them. Susan Sarandon, yes. It does an amazing job. Um, that, that's yeah. that's terrific, yeah. And, it, uh, it reminded me, again, of like a less horror version of that. Maybe like a little mm-hmm. bit less gothic and a little bit more kind of like rock star. That's one of my favorites, and, too. I, I just love when David Bowie puts his hand through his hair and the vampire is like, oh, yeah, I love that. And then Susan Sarandon puts her hair through her, puts her yeah. hand through her hair and <laughs> the vampire is like, oh, I have a type. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, like, but with, with that movie, the fixation on like fashion and coolness and kind of like part, like the, the music and like the idea of like vampires fitting into scenes, I think is a really powerful um, vein to plumb. And I think that this movie does a good job of kind of picking at it, but almost from like a, this almost feels like, 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 okay, if, if the hunger, if everything hadn't gone totally to shit in the hunger, um, spoiler alert, it doesn't end well for most people, uh, in that film. Um, and they just kind of kept on going and, and, you know, becoming more and more like lackadaisical and, and detached. Like this almost feels like it could be like a, like a late sequel to, to uh, the hunger um but i i really like that sense of and i i think that a lot of vampire media like at least modern vampire media taps into this like for instance i would say vampire the masquerade very very is very connected to this this idea of like you know in the human scene there's these incredibly cool incredibly iconic people that already in our own lives seem somewhat supernatural and so what if actually they were supernatural and they really were just something else completely and i feel like this film did a good job of kind of like putting a new spin on that of like instead of showing it from the human perspective of what if there were these incredibly cool people that were so super cool that you would never get to meet them ever and only rock stars get to meet them like well what what is that like for the vampires as you know they watch generations of humans come and go and they just kind of hang around and get more and more you know tired and fed up with (laughs) how whack humans are basically yeah it's kind of they're they're bored (laughs) they're like why do i want to go to human parties they're all the same they've been the same forever (laughs) i love how they just call humans zombies which Uh at first i was like oh are there's and i was like oh no that's that's like their slur for humans (laughs) (laughs) yeah i also like listening to them talk i think i it's funny because i i identify with both of them in different ways but i also find them super pretentious and like if they were at a dinner party i would not enjoy talking to them i would get so (laughs) fed up with everything that they said by the end of the night it's like i'd be intrigued by how they looked i'd be super into the you know tilda swinton eve having read all of the books and then like that would be it that would be the end of our conversation they remind me a lot of, um, I, I think it's like Patrick Bateman's like cousin or something who shows up at dinner with him at one point in, a, in American Psycho. And it's these like two like disaffected goth, um, like, you know, young, young people. Uh, I remember one is named Stash. And it's in the scene where he does the, you know, we need to end world hunger speech. And all I remember is that, is that, um, the lady cool goth says, Hey, that affects us in this very like lazy, cool voice. And it very much reminded me of those two characters. <laughs> so, so Kurt, the, f- you, you mentioned something and, and as you were talking about, uh, the hunger and like, uh, like the, the, the core or the heart of a certain scene, uh, was actually like, what if that was actually 
that person is actually like a vampire. And uh, I was, as you were saying that, I was just thinking about exactly the vampire, the masquerade thing where, mm -hmm. where essentially they, they have sort of divided up like all the, the rules of, of, of sort of like the identifications for different types of vampire uh, quote clans is essentially you're part of a different scene. You know, yeah, I would, you're, yeah, you're, you're the artiste. I, or I would whatever. say that's a, uh, what is that? Toreadors? The, 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 the Toreadors would probably, I mean, like uh, this and the hunger or have Toreadors for days, you know, they're the, or the maybe, maybe, maybe Bruja, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe. It depends. Someone like the punk rock is a little bit Bruja, but yeah, yeah. More, definitely more, more artiste, I would say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, only lovers left alive. They're, they're both very much, uh, and, and to your point, Bonnie, um, they both have lived long enough that they know that they're superior to human beings and they cannot, mm -hmm. even if they're being kind, even at their most sort of guarded to not show, you know, show who they are exactly, uh, they can't help but give off those vibes that, yeah, they think you're sort of like a little, like at best you're like their little lap, a little lap dog that deserves a pat on the head. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, like I, I really like what, um, what Eve says uh, about, uh, Adam's like human acquirer, I guess, uh, you know, his, mm -hmm. his, 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 like, uh, his gopher essentially. His, his um, fixer. Yeah. Yeah. Where she goes, Oh, he seemed, he seemed so nice. He seemed like a really <laughs> nice man. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like no, go ahead. for me, this movie, uh, I think one thing that one reason why I really love it is because it seems like, they're like two parts of depression. Like they, you know, uh, Adam is a depressed vampire and that's interesting on its own. And as someone who, you know, has struggled with depression, like I can feel for him being so affected by the world and the mistakes that other people are making and being so sensitive to it that like, you know, I hate being there sometimes. And then I feel like Eve is like, <laughs> when you go through therapy and you come out on the other side and you're like, okay, well, I'm still sensitive and I'm still seeing the things in the world that bother me, but I'm also seeing that like humans can be beautiful and cute. And, you know, that little gopher who goes and fetches the things like I kind of enjoy talking to him and hanging out with him every now and then. Isn't he nice? <laughs> yeah. It, there, there is definitely still that, that like aristocratic remove. It, it reminds me of like, when the royals would would meet, you know, like a common person, like, and what and what do you do for a job? Mm, yes, very interesting, a bricklayer. Yes, wonderful. Like that very kind of like like they're they're like she's trying to be nice. Yeah, like she's she's trying to look on the positive side, but at the same time, she really she really doesn't still quite see people as uh, actual people. <laughs> still kind of sees them as like decoration or uh, or uh, furniture. But so we should we should probably mention that. Um that uh, Tom Hiddleston's uh, Adam, his fixer is none other than the late uh, Anton Yelchin, mm -hmm. who, uh, I mean, he, he looks great as like a weird, you know, like Motor City rocker type of looking dude. <laughs> Just long hair, sort of like that weird uh, thin mustache that he's got. Just sort of like, yeah, man, you, you sure <laughs> you sure you want that? <laughs> I always remember him from Green Room. Um, which, mm, uh, if you it. haven't seen, <laughs> terrific, and he does a terrific job 
uh, in that. He feels he seems much more capable uh, <laughs> in this movie. Um, although, <laughs> although I mean, things turn out a little bit better for him in Green Room. I, I, I will say, <laughs> um, yeah, poor guy, poor guy. Yeah, he was just but, trying to uh, have a good time. We haven't really ever actually said what the plot of this film is, and I guess it doesn't really have much of a strong one, so it's probably kind of besides the point. But, but I mean, I think it was Bonnie who said, like, it's basically about depressed vampires, and that basically is most of the plot. Um, you have Tom Hiddleston, who is kind of like a cool, like, too cool for even hearing of the idea of school, like, kind of rocker, kind of almost like a, like a Ramones-style rock and roll guy when just like rocker was a thing that you could be or like a like a white stripes type uh yeah jack white. type rocker yeah who He's got who does get hair. name drop yeah exactly <laughs> yes very much so um and then he lives in detroit uh and then there is eve uh pay, played by the excellent tilda swinton um who will always be gabriel from uh, constantine for me personally <laughs> um but uh and and she lives in i thought it was, uh, she lives in a tangier i believe mm-hmm. um and she's kind of like his I, I guess his they 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 seem to have an ongoing relationship that's kind of like they're just they're together but they're they're apart seems to be like a big theme of it and she's living in in, in tangier and she's got her own way of acquiring blood and she hangs out with uh christopher marlowe who seems to be the christopher marlowe mm-hmm. um <laughs> And she's kind of living this very like, like almost like a William S. Burroughs in, uh, you know, a Morocco type type deal. Um, but maybe with less less uh, shooting spouses in the head, perhaps. <laughs> um, and then uh, Tom Hiddleston's characters is kind of like hiding out from the world and buying old guitars, essentially. And um, she seems to kind of twig to the fact they have like a video call and she twigs to the fact that he's like very depressed. And so uh, she comes to visit him and then, and then, you know, the, they, they get a couple visitors and the plot just kind of proceeds from there. It's not, it's not exactly like, it's not really like a plot driven movie. It's very much like a vibes movie. As I, I think was already said. It is a vibes movie. Um, they don't drink blood, but then Eve's sister shows up and things go haywire because she is a hedonist. Yeah. She's like a, she's like, I love the LA hatred. <laughs> this film has because she very much feels i i really liked the appearance of her character because yeah she's like a she's like the young shitty annoying you know like she she's like the person who causes problems for you know in a drug movie because uh, this, this is kind of a drug movie it's kind of structured like like you know blood is kind of like heroin for them and you have these two people who kind of have this they hit they're kind of in like a maintenance phase where they're you know they're doing okay they have a system and then they're kind of like you know shitty annoying codependent friend slash relative shows up and fucks up everything and she's kind of like the classic like you know she's she's the 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 party kid with you know the self-destructive and destructive to everyone around her habits and kind of destabilizes everything she's the vampire who's still living in the movie the hunger yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Without having seen this back half of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> She's living in the first 15 minutes of The Hunger. And it's like, this is awesome. Just going around killing people and going to nightclubs. This is the best. What could go wrong? She, she sadly, uh, you know, 
she she this is this is unknown but uh, she ends up being dead in the uh the blade rave scene so <laughs> r.i.p shitty cousin or no i'm sorry shitty sister sister uh, it's yeah. eve's sister right Ada? yeah eve's sister and Eva. i don't think they really okay. go into what that means but what so yeah i i'm i'm not entirely sure and I, i'm guessing you have an interpretation i kind of read it as uh Eve had sired her for some reason. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. I got that impression as well. I could see that. So um, I, that's one of the things that I wasn't clear on until almost the end, because I, all, I like for whatever reason, I thought that uh, that Kit was uh, played by the late. <laughs> so is it? Wait, it's Sir William Hurt, right? John Hurt. It's William John Hurt. Jesus Christ! Like Hurt and Hurt. I always, I always get them confused. <laughs> Anyway, um, I so so I have to say I misread the Wikipedia article at first, and I was like, "Oh, Jeffrey Rush is in this film," and then I saw him, and I was like, "That that looks a lot like John Hurt. Maybe Jeffrey Rush is playing someone else." And I think I saw Jeffrey Wright, who's also in the film, and I got confused. Uh, So I I kept I I kept going back and forth between like, "Is this Jeffrey Rush, and he's just lost a lot of weight, and and he looks a lot like John Hurt, or is Jeffrey Rush going to show up late in the film?" It's Jeffrey. Rush plays John Hurt plays Christopher Marlowe. Yeah. <laughs> plays John Malkovich in Spike <laughs> Jones. <laughs> um so uh yeah, so so I did not realize that Kit was not actually Eve's sort of like like I I, I had sort of assumed that he was sim- he was similar to Ian, uh uh Yelchin's character, where oh. he was he was fixing Eve up with, you know different things uh in this case it was the good stuff which i'm um it doesn't seem super clear in the movie but apparently they want to keep themselves sort of like uh pure of current i guess impurities they mentioned a couple times in passing that like modern humans are like too contaminated to keep them healthy that it's it's like it it keeps them alive but you feel real shitty um mm. afterward and that's that's ultimately what what kind of does in uh chris marlowe um and it's also after after eva um feeds off of ian she's like oh i feel like shit and they say well yeah he's like a modern human um and, and so yeah. like they they have to get like pure pure blood effectively there's too many whatever it is they don't really go into detail about what it is and uh, but it seems like maybe it's like drugs or hard living or you know just whatever it is like un- unhealthy humans have have unhealthy blood and that makes vampires actually, sick actually interesting twist would be that the good stuff is actually the stuff that they got out of the the black the black goo out of the sarcophagus <laughs> And that was old enough to keep them going. Now that is very uh, Vampire the Masquerade because that was definitely an antediluvian. I have to say, (laughs) just a little pulped. Well, then Christopher Marlowe he got blood that was like contaminated with a blood disease or something. I think isn't that right? Because he's he's sick. So yeah, he just says like like, it's like it's 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 contaminated. He doesn't really go into. Doesn't really go into detail. A, a, a lot of that felt v- a, a, a little bit like heavy-handed, not necessarily in a bad way, but it felt very like uh, the the blood is framed 
very much in like with like a heroin metaphor and i got the impression that that was kind of like a like a loose like hiv or other you know needle transmitted uh disease type metaphor yeah. i i don't think i i, I think like watching it I, I think that's kind of what you're meant to 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 take away but i also didn't feel like it was really trying to say anything in particular about it just it was kind of like using it as like a template um for uh, depicting it so like yeah I, I i don't think it specifies what exactly but it's definitely like they kind of have a vice and he gets a bad whatever for whatever reason yeah yeah he gets a bad batch yeah i i definitely read maybe uh the christopher marlowe being contaminated thing is like a thinly veiled uh, HIV situation. But <laughs> the rest of it, just, you know, the fact that humans have contaminated blood, that kind of just reminds me of like a goop. Like, what if what if Gwyneth Paltrow were a vampire <laughs> and <laughs> she was trying to sell everybody, you know, clean what? blood? <laughs> what if, what to, if $800 to, uh... Himalayan salt lamps are the only thing that will keep vampires away? <laughs> Look, you you need you need to buy yourself a fang steamer, quick. <laughs> now this is this is what you're describing now is just the plot of the HBO series True Blood. This is literally what that show is. About. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's so they're they're very much both uh, on the returned but back. Yeah, on. but the V is for vampire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's a synthetic, right? It's like they make it. Yes, or true. Yeah, in um, yeah, in in True Blood, uh, the titular True Blood is is ironically fake fake blood that allows vampires to like to come out of the coffin uh, effectively and say, "Hey, we're vampires, we're real." But don't worry, we have fake blood now that we can drink, so we don't need to feed off of off of people. Um, and they do kind of talk about like uh, at earlier early on in the film. Eve is kind of fixated on the idea of like, can't we, you know, reveal ourselves? Can't we hint at it? Can't we drop some hints, have some fun with it? You know, kind of let people that there's va- let people know that that there's vampires around. Um, and uh, Kit basically says like, isn't the world you know chaotic enough that you don't need to also tell them that there's vampires? Um, which I thought was interesting. There's there's a lot of like the vampires in this film are very like. They, they both dis- have disdain for, for humans individually, and they seem to be a little bit sympathetic towards humanity. Like, clearly, they like they, they don't want to fuck them over too bad, even if they don't really... They, like you said earlier, they're, they're kind of like pets. It's like pet, pets that we like, but still pets. So it's like, you don't want to, you know, yes, we're going to do whatever we feel like. You are our pets. But also, like, we feel a little bit bad for you that, you know, everything's going to shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, well and they also enjoy things that humans have made. Like... Mm-hmm. They really enjoy things that humans have made, like you well, know, Adam's a musician, and um, he they they collect things like they are kind of uh, <laughs> capitalist in just a tiny, tiny little way that they like to purchase new items and and look at them, and um, you know, Tilda Swinton has that power where she can touch something and figure out the history of it, and she's very interested in human history, which I also found ad- interesting. I did love when she's um this is a really great scene where she's like she's packing her luggage and it's just books. She just feel like I'm two suitcases of only books. Oh, yeah, I love that, that was so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> so um one you, you you we were we were talking about like the that Adam and Eve both really sort of do have an affection 
for humans and they're interested in what humans create, but also, um, and, and this is something rather interesting that isn't sort of, it's not, uh, sort of spelled out until almost the end where, um, Adam's talking about like, basically he had, um, or at least not until Eve shows up, uh, <laughs> flying across the, the ocean. Uh, and, and he t- talks about like how many different musicians he's inspired. Uh, in fact, that's one of the things that, um, that he really gets a kick out of is more so than uh, the music itself, which I'm supposing can be very surprising at times and interesting. You know, he, he loves hearing his own, (laughs) his own music (laughs) that he's written or made played back to him by different people that he's never met. Um, which is something that 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 sort of propels the plot because that's how um, Ada, when she shows up out of the blue, manages to get them out of the the, the Detroit house and into a club because mm-hmm. she heard a band playing his music. Yeah, and he's he's not really. He, it's interesting that he's not possessive about it because he um, there's a point where I forget if it's I forget if it's is it is it Bach? I can't remember which. Um, I composer think it was it Schubert. Schubert, that sounds correct. Yeah, where um, he wrote the I forget what the the particular part of a you know a, a famous uh, cello piece was, and he was like, um, you know, uh, he he mentions that he wrote it, and Eve says like, oh, and he passed it off as his own, and and Adam goes, no, it's 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 fine. Like I told him to do that. That's what I wanted him to do. Just kind of like to show that I could. <laughs> um, he's not like he, yeah, he very much, he enjoys making the stuff and like giving it to humans and he doesn't really seem like he, he, you would expect him to be like, like put upon about it. And he's kind of not, he's just kind of like, it's, it's almost like it's his connection to the world. And by the way, I think it's very interesting that you never, they never talk about if they were ever human, where they mm-hmm. came from, did they have human lives? It's just not a factor of their of their characters, which I think very heavily colors the film. Like they are entirely vampires. Like they are they just kind of exist apart from 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 humans and if they ever were humans, they just don't care about it anymore. Yeah. It's not like an Anne Rice type thing where it's like, oh, I shall always pine for my lost humanity. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is kind of my thing. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of assume that they were turned so long ago that, like, I mean, it's just they are, a they are, memory. Yeah, they are called Adam and Eve, after all. I think that yeah. that's, uh, you know, obviously a nod, their naming is a nod to just how, you know, sort of ancient they may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it it is sort of interesting because so like, I, I don't know, like, honestly, I, I, I remember the, sort of seeing that scene and sort of feeling a certain way about like, it, it is sort of cool. Uh, it's an interesting story um, point, but it, it made me feel some sort of way where it would be like, damn, if some vampire came up to me and like whispered in my ear, a, a, some sort of novel idea and I wrote it. <laughs> how would I feel about that? Like knowing that it's not mine exactly. And I don't know. It's maybe, maybe I'm just being, you know, sort of like having some sort of artistic neurosis here. (laughs) Maybe it depends (laughs) on how much you'd get paid for it. Uh, You know, (laughs) money can assuage the troubled soul. (laughs) 
I mean, to, to, to my mind, it's kind of because, like, to the extent that Adam participates in anything, uh, it's through making music. Like, that's his, really his only connection to uh, the rest of the world. Because unlike Vampire the Masquerade, for instance, where there is a secretive parallel vampire culture, right? That's always, like, like the big thing. Um, in like the world of darkness setting is like once you be, once you kind of stumble through the wrong door, suddenly you realize that vampires are all around you all the time. There's vampire parties, there's vampire secret societies, there's vampire clubs where only vampires go, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that doesn't really, if that's a thing in this, they're not part of it. Um, because Adam even mentions at some point, like, like I never see other vampires. Like I don't really want to see other vampires. So if they're around, we don't get to see any of that. So his mm. only connection to anything is his participation in the human world. And he, he knows or doesn't want to be personally present. Like he tells Ian early on, like, I don't want to perform. I want to be totally anonymous. And so I, I, I think it's almost like, um, Tulpa is the wrong term, but like it's it's like his music becomes his his avatar to move through the world, uh, like essentially. And so by going and seeing his music being performed and enjoyed, it's it's like, you know, it allows him to remain inert, but to have a connection to all the people that that are enjoying it, even though it's kind of like a bittersweet one, like. Like when he goes to the club, he doesn't especially seem terribly happy, but he does. He seems a little bit overawed by it, just not. Not not pleased exactly, but he certainly feels something and more than he feels when he's just like staying in his house. So I I, I think yeah. it's I, I think well, it's I, it's either that he knows that he can't take credit or he doesn't even really want credit. Like he's his he's so embodied himself into the music that somebody enjoying the music is like enjoying him effectively. It's interesting too because at some point he decided that he didn't want to just whisper in people's ears anymore and influence them, but he wanted to put his own music out there. And I think mm -hmm. they'd have a brief little conversation about it. And it's interesting to think about when that turning point was and what made him suddenly want to not be known because he, he wants it to be anonymous, but to be heard. Well, I think it's rather recent. Um, I don't know that uh, honestly this is this was definitely a movie for me to 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 watch with the subtitles on because it's very quiet um <laughs> so so I may have missed something is what I'm trying to say here folks um but there are there are people who probably still recognize him who show up outside his house um and that's like that's one of the, the reasons that like after ada um sort of shows up and sort of puts things in a, in a, in a cinch for them. Um, the, the thing that really tips them over is the fact that there's a still like, the, like the same five people who've driven up to the house and are like looking up at the windows and trying to figure out if somebody's home. And that's where they like, well, mm -hmm. fuck this. We're going to Tangier. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. They're vulnerable. And, yeah. And that, that were. felt very much like, like carrying through with the film as kind of like a depression metaphor, albeit like a sympathetic one, I, I think is, mm -hmm. is like, it's, you know, people, people want to meet Adam. Like they don't really know him, but they, they clearly like him or they like his stuff. And, you know, it's, it's not like the, typically like you get the sense of the world has pushed vampires away. They cannot accept us. They will not accept. And, and that, that certainly seems plausible with the whole blood drinking thing. But um, it, it feels very much like, you know, there, there's people who 
at the very least are interested in meeting Adam. And he doesn't seem terribly happy being, you know, alone and isolated. So it felt to me like the world kind of trying to reach out to him. And there's this tension of like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous to do so. It's, it's a vulnerability and, you know, for pretty valid reasons involving killing people and dissolving them in acid. Like he, he doesn't want to be known, (laughs) but at the same time, like, you know, there is this component of the world reaching out to somebody who's, who has isolated themselves. And to be fair, like Eve seems to have a much more healthy relationship with, you know, the people in the area where she lives, where like, you know, she's kind of known, she has people that she, she can go to talk to outside of her house. Whereas Adam only has Ian and that's basically it until he gets prodded into leaving. Yeah. It seems like she gets out of the house. She goes, she sees music. She hangs out with Christopher Marlowe. They talk about the good old days. (laughs) Like, like, like the black death. and. (laughs) (laughs) They sit in the back of that one of the one of the, a, a little coffee house or something, you know, whispering about <laughs> what what they were doing during the Great Fire of London, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, interestingly, um, it, it's it's when they return to Tangier, like they 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 go back and uh, oh, that's the thing the the thing with the good stuff. Uh, I think we'd mentioned it before that Ada, you know, basically uh, took it all and then <laughs> drained Ian too, and was you know told to leave. And, and when they leave, basically they're they're sort of like on their last legs, you know. Uh, they get to to Marlo, you know. They they try to get to Marlo to uh, get some more of the good stuff because they need it. Uh, and I forget, uh, it's Marlo's. Um, I guess his guardian who gets her like a little, her, uh, uh, an extra flask, like one of the last ones that they have, mm-hmm. but he doesn't mention anything about Marlo. And I don't know if at that point Marlo's already been, you know, fallen ill or what have you, but there's a, a little chunk of time that happens there that, um, that passes before they're made aware of it. And, uh, like the thing that struck me is that Adam sees this performer, um in a bar and like she's she's great she's uh she's a famous lebanese singer uh Yasmin Hamda. Hamda. Hamda that's it um and uh and that sort of gives him he's like wow she's fantastic and that that's one of the f- only times that you see like the spark just light up in his eyes mm-hmm. and he's like alive again and also about to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. He likes leather they, pants, clearly, is yeah. his thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I, she, you know, makes him go out. She makes him get up, get ready, <laughs> go see the world a little bit, instead of isolating himself. <laughs> I I did like that. Um, and I liked the way that it was like, oh, like, there's more. Like, it, it kind of goes from him being... Uh, just kind of like focused on things that have already happened. Um, and it's not, it's not that he thinks that everything is shit now. Although that, that, that is like, I, I think with the blood that becomes like, like, like a subsex of the entire film. Um, but, but it definitely is like, oh, there's a new thing, a thing to be excited about. Um, although I have to say that that led me to wonder of like, you know, if, if you require a next new thing to keep going, like, is that, is that actually healthy or is that just kind of like putting off? 
you know, dealing with the the actual issue, which I guess at his part is kind of being a vampire, which is sort of the actual issue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know womp, womp. that there's <laughs> that there's much he can do about about his isolation since <laughs> if he's too no- well known, he might get murdered. I don't know if there are slayers so, in this world, but I like to think there are. <laughs> so uh, maybe Jack White. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was I was thinking about it, and this has sort of like a weird. It's sort of like a weird inversion of uh, of like a, a, an Orphic, you know, metaphor, right? Like he's he actually does look at you know uh, the, the singer's face, and that's what sort of like brings him back out, you know, out of this. F- you know, hmm. underworld of depression um <laughs> if i may be melodramatic for a moment it, we are talking vampires after all <laughs> so uh it, it is sort of funny right because it, it does it does sort of set him up for you know like well you know it's it, it changes his perspective just slightly for a moment enough to for him to be like hey she's great maybe there are other great things <laughs> Except, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I guess we'll we'll take our chances <laughs> with the contaminated blood now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then don't they say something like they're gonna they're not gonna kill the people that they're draining in the end? They say they're gonna oh, turn them. Yeah, was was that yeah. what they said? Okay, yeah, yeah, they're like we're not gonna kill them. We'll we'll just turn them. Uh, yeah, and I I took that as like maybe like talking themselves into it a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't really sure how, if, if that should be taken sincerely because they're pretty desperate and we already know, you know, based on like how Eva acted with Ian, who she basically kills by just drinking too much, getting too excited and drinking too much of his, you know, his, his blood Um, that like, you know, they they are indulging in a vice that is destructive to, if not themselves, then to other people. Um, and so I wasn't totally sure how to take that line. If it was like sincerely, like you know, if it was sincerely, like oh, we're 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 not going to kill them, we're just going to turn them, or if it was kind of like the addict talking themselves into it, I mean, like we're just you know, you know, we're not gonna, we're just we're just have a little bit, just just a taste, just a little mm-hmm. tiny bit. I mean, the 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 very last scene is is of them like both mouths as stretched open as they can, yes. fangs fully extended, um, which uh, is is a semi comical, but would be terrifying because basically. <laughs> They, they they don't look like they're just gonna take a nibble. It looks like they're gonna take the whole bite. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. I I also do like the idea though that they're gonna make themselves a couple of little friends they can hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> never never works. Never works. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yeah. You know what? You're right, Carlo. If if I'm ever a vampire, I'm not gonna make any more vampires, especially not hot and cool people. Because if I've if <laughs> Every vampire movie I've ever seen, the vampire makes a new vampire, and they go on to kill the vampire. That pretty mm-hmm. much is guaranteed to happen. <laughs> Just, they That's should true. like all vampires. Yeah, all vampires should should be like oh. Lestat rule. Got to watch yeah. out for that. <laughs> Sorry, well, just me. Kind of seems like there's not very much good blood left. They really shouldn't be straining the resources. They should probably just kill those <laughs> two people. Yeah, there's kind of like a climate change subtext that they make a little bit explicit towards the end, where they're yeah. like, "Oh, you know, have they uh, have they gotten onto the water wars yet, or are they still on oil?" Um, mm-hmm. There's this mm-hmm. kind of aspect of like, "Oh, everything is collapsing. 
for them and for us. Um, and so there's a little bit of like fatalism in, in, you know, it's a little bit unspoken. Like they, they, they never come right out and say like, well, if humans are screwed, then we're screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you definitely get the sense of like, oh, well, the world is kind of windy. It's like a dying earth for vampires, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, uh, they, I, it's one of these things where I, I remember a, a writer was like, ask, oh, would, if you were turned into a vampire, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you were turned into a vampire? I was like, no. Why? It's like, everyone around you that you know dies in the end and what if you survive everyone that is immensely lonely no thank you <laughs> i'm not af- i'm not so afraid of death that f- afraid of death i think uh but yeah anyway it- it's just sort of like this is the type of thing where could you imagine adam and eve just you know sort of like standing on the shores of a somewhat devastated earth just sort of like waiting for the sun to come up because <laughs> <laughs> there's no more blood can possibly drink yeah and uh, i don't know what the rules are for these for these vampires but you can probably still go on for a bit you are immortal for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes mm-hmm. i so I, I have to say i liked this film but i do have two criticisms um one is a me thing one is a more general thing the me thing is i would have liked a little bit more of like a horror bite to it mm-hmm. I, I i think um oh i see what you did there yeah, said- I didn't do that on purpose. That's just my. That's just the the genius of my mind. <laughs> there you go. Are you Such sure? Or did, or did Adam tell you? To or, say or, or did Adam tell me? Yes. Make this stupid pun uh, on your podcast. Yeah. Um, no, like I, I would have liked a little bit more um, tension. I think with some some of the stuff with like like Eva and Ian felt like it, it could have been dragged out a little bit, or there, it, it felt like there was something there that like. Again, that's that's mostly just a me hang up of like I want that tension, that a little bit of horror when it comes to the vampires. And uh, Bonnie, I know that you mentioned like you know Hammer Horror as like a big touch point for your own work. And one of the things I love about about Hammer Horror is they always, if they have Christopher Lee, they're like, well, we got Christopher Lee, we're getting some horror out of this guy. That's what he's there for. Um, And so I I, kind of felt like until that very, very last scene, you never really got the, the reminder that like, oh, these are killers, you know, they're dangerous. And I felt like there could have been a little bit more of that in the film. Um, and it, it, it would have added a little bit of spice to it that, that I, I don't know was missing exactly. I think, uh, Jarmusch is very intentional about his film. So I think this is exactly what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I, when I think vampires, I want a little bit more of, of that edge, but be, be it a blood rave or, or something. The <laughs> other thing is I have to say, I don't think things, I don't think the film was dirty looking enough. Like I. I wanted a little bit more grime, um, especially in the scenes in like in like Adam's apartment where things are kind of cluttered. And it's almost like he's like he's not quite a hoarder exactly, but it's a little bit. I don't know. It's it's a bit disorganized. I, I think it's it's fair to say, or like in some of the clubs. And and I, I think this is probably just a limitation of like the production design. Um, but I would have liked a little bit more grime and, and dirt and scunge on things. And I, I think that, that would have elevated the material a, a, yeah. a, a bit. I think my main uh, complaint – well, okay. So I do find it a little heavy-handed at times. I love this movie so much. But sometimes when they're talking to each other, I am like, oh, yeah. my goodness. 
<laughs> the spooky action at a distance part at the very end, I would have just uh, cut that. I don't, oh, yeah, I don't think yeah. that was needed. <laughs> no, definitely not. And then another thing is, and I've heard other people say this, is, you know, vampires have always been this super cool queer metaphor. And this movie is like, like, there is nothing queer about it. These vampires are in a heterosexual relationship, their husband and wife, and, you know, they don't really play around with that at all. And I do think that maybe there was a little bit of room to have them be a little bit queer. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I, I, I think part of it is that there's... It's kind of an unusual turn in that it's uh, there's not really a, like a sexual dimension to this film at all. Like there's very little in the way of like sexual metaphor or theme or implication. It's it's very uh, culturally aesthetic, but it's not. It 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 kind of leaves that on the table um, to a point. And I do think that that could have been another dimension to the film that, that like, I feel like, like to your point, like almost, almost by definition, when you include vampires, it becomes at least like a little bit queer. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I do think that that, that would have been a cool thing um, to, to bring into the film. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do agree that, um, you know, uh, vampires are, are always going to be like these sensual monsters right that mm -hmm. that's actually like the 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 allure right ever since you know, dracula and whatnot you know it's the fact that it, the, the 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 vampire is going to seduce you you know it's uh it doesn't care because it you know it doesn't care whether you're a man or a woman both men and women or whatever gender you may be have blood if you're mm -hmm. human you have blood they don't they don't yeah, exactly. They don't really have favorites. Exactly. Like, and and going back to the hunger, one of the things I love about the hunger is the way that it's it never even addresses the fact that like Susan Sarandon's character seems to go from being you know pretty straight to basically being in a gay relationship with a lady vampire, but it's because it's like the you know the vampirism is the vector for it mm -hmm. it's not it, it's it's not like she ever seems to make a conscious decision of like oh well i guess i'm bisexual it's just like well i'm you know i'm becoming a vampire and therefore i am essentially like it's it's like the the blood is the way that she interacts with that side of the sexuality the sensuality of of the character and part of it might be that with the exception of eva they don't really seem to feed on people and i guess the, yeah and that's the couple at the end know, one of the most sensual <laughs> moments yeah. in a vampire movie is when they put their teeth into another person. But yeah, yeah they, they don't even really seem that sensual towards toward each other. I think at one point they like are wearing robes and dancing together and they, they act more like an old married couple. Like, um, which I, I guess they are kind of, yeah, yeah. I suppose they are. Yeah. <laughs> the oldest married old. couple. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, they do kind of like lie in bed nude together, but it seems to be the extent of it. Yeah. Yeah. And even when Adam, I think Adam, you know, seems like he's uh, very interested in the singer at the end, but it's unclear if there's a sexual element to it. And Eve definitely isn't looking at the singer in like a sensual way. She's mm -hmm. just appreciating the the music. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's um, yeah. On the point of the music, I have to say, um Jarmish does a terrific job of soundtracking his films in, in general. Um, Ghost Dog, of course, has amazing soundtrack by the RZA. Uh, Dead Man has a very similar sounding soundtrack to this to this film. Excuse me. Um, 
and it was uh, the the story behind it was um, he got Neil Young basically to just watch the film and sit in like a recording studio <laughs> watching the film, just kind of like improv uh, guitar, you know, weird guitar sounds over the film. Um, and so that's that's where the soundtrack for that film for dead man came from but there is a there's that very like atmospheric mournful guitar uh throughout this film and i think it's it's really well used um and i did also kind of like i i liked the use of like actual bands and actual songs apart from the soundtrack the kind of like the diegetic uh music in this film was quite good the concert that they attend to with i think the band is called white halls um, that was terrific. That was really good. And that was definitely like, oh, this is oh, White Hills. Uh, I was like, yeah, this is this is cool. Um, so I guess he wrote one of his songs <laughs> in the world of this film. Yeah. Well, he also uh oh, yeah, I yeah. believe he used his own his own band, uh Squirrel, I think is what it's called. Yes. Um Whose own band? Sp- specifically. Jim Jarmush. Um, Jarmush's. Oh. Uh I believe that those um like those uh uh those musical uh transitions where they they switch between one scene to another and whatnot those were from squirrel squirrel mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it, it's it's spelled s-q-u-r l the u has an umlaut i believe okay. um yeah so I, i'm not even sure if that's correct <laughs> but um but I, I guess we should probably wind it down and 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 get last thoughts and uh, let and you talk about your yeah, upcoming Yeah, I, I want to hear about this book because I read the synopsis and it sounds cool, so I would love to hear more about it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I just had a vampire novella come out yesterday, um, so it's super fresh and it's inspired by hammer horror and also 80s horror, so... The the plot is that Roxanne is this hot mess vampire. She's kind of selfish, but she has these two best friends that she wants to resurrect from the dead. And after she does so, uh, she's visited by a guardian of the underworld who dwells in dreams. So he's, he's kind of got some Freddy Krueger vibes. And um, he tells her that she has to bring him the souls of three monsters or else he will take her friends back into his underworld and so then she has to go and and find these monsters and and kill these monsters even though she is a monster herself and also uh one of them is is kind of hot and (laughs) she um (laughs) has a hard time controlling herself so she ends up sort of in a relationship with one of the monsters that she's supposed to kill and um it's <laughs> yeah and it's got lots of fun horror vibes it's it's very silly very um gory and it's it's kind of more of a, a humor horror book and then um earlier this year i had my first short story collection come out which is a little more uh dark fantasy than <laughs> than gore nice. fantasy and the names the name of the novella and the short story oh, yeah, collection yeah. and where where can people get them <laughs> Glorious Fiends is the novella. It's got this really great cover that my friend Chris Panettiere uh, designed. It's like really gross lips. Um, it's got the sensual element of vampires mixed with the really disgusting It is a cool element. logo. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the, the short story collection is called Where You Linger and Other Stories. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll be sure to put some links in the show notes so that uh, our listeners can, can look those up. Cool. And uh, buy buy Bonnie's new novella. Uh, sounds really cool. Um, and you said um, 
So, uh, and you said that, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd be, you'd be down for coming back for vampire whenever. Oh yeah. Yeah. If y'all do vampire month, I'm in. We'll definitely <laughs> do it at some point. <laughs> there, there's so many vampires things around <laughs> it's, this. would be like vampire year. <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> but as so to, many. um, as to Lat's thoughts on the, on the film, um, I liked it. I enjoyed a lot of it. I like Jim Jarmusch. It wasn't my favorite vampire film, but I enjoyed it as if nothing else, like a different take on on kind of the whole vampire mythology. I thought it was good. So it's definitely yeah. worth watching. It's yeah, I don't think it's a horror film, but and I like No, that definitely not, like, yeah. I like that it takes vampires and looks at them from this non horror lens. Yeah. Yeah, it, that that is sometimes it can be refreshing to 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 do that, and and I don't feel see, see for me and I, I think this is like uh, like Kurt this is a me rule. <laughs> sometimes when when I see some updates or you know sort of modernizations or what have you, right? You you want to do a different spin on on an old monster, like vampires have so many different little rules that you could add or take away, but don't make them drink blood. <laughs> that's more or less the only thing <laughs> like even the true blood ones it's like eh, okay so they made fake blood that's i don't know it seems like a not a not very <laughs> good solution to things i don't know <laughs> it's like yes please uh introduce me to cow society i have fake steak <laughs> i <laughs> I promise I won't slaughter any of you to make a porterhouse. <laughs> See, maybe that's why I like it because I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there you go. Um, but, but you, you, you see what I mean? It's, it's like one of these things where it's like the one, one of the basic rules is sort of that. And if you mess that one up, it's sort of like, eh. <laughs> this this gets around it by by having like the they still drink blood but it's they're so refined they drink it out of little <laughs> flasks it's so great little, little silver little, flasks yeah and little sherry yeah. glasses and i've True, seen yeah. you know like buffy they often go to the butcher and get pig's blood like i've seen it where oh the vampires have some morals a little bit hmm. <laughs> it's, hmm. it's kind of funny well i mean so so i i don't necessarily have a, a strong opinion on that one that, that's like one of those rules where it's, it's flexible but you know that it's like eating uh junk food yeah you're, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna like actually need a meal soon and it's going to be bad when you actually, you know, decide to actually eat. Like um, at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Or like Ada, you know, it's like, I got so excited. <laughs> I bit that boy straight through the neck. Bye. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, I am now rambling, uh, so I will now stop. Bonnie, you've been terrific thank you for uh giving us an a reason to w watch this movie uh i, I kept, it's one of those movies that keeps on floating to the top of my list and you know sort of sinking back down for a bit and coming back up and i never got around to watching it until now so thank you for that you gave me an excuse okay. <laughs> um and uh well uh thanks again and everyone out there thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time here on Podside.